Welcome in, listeners, to another team preview as we get ready for the 2021 WNBA season. It's so close. <laughs> By the time you're listening to this, it might have started already. We're, we're cutting it pretty close with these. But uh, I've got Kyle Haywood with me to help uh, cover the L.A. Sparks offseason and preview a little bit of what's going on in L.A. So welcome, Kyle. Thanks, man. I'm super pumped to talk L.A. Um, I don't know if it's like if it's a good idea or a bad idea that we have the two hosts that have like are from LA, not on this episode. Like that's kind of weird that, you know, Jason and Steve both have lived in LA and, or the LA area and it's me and you. <laughs> yeah. We can do whatever we want. We can, this whole episode can just be bad mouthing. I can just Google neighborhoods in LA and just be like, hate, hate that. Hate. I hate. Inglewood isn't that one? I'm I not. Them. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not an LA hater. Like, I think there's a lot of. I think a lot of sports fans love to hate on LA, and I think that a lot of LA sports fans kind of enjoy. Like, they kind of relish in that a little bit, you know. Sure. But I've never really been one. Um, I mean, outside of when the Jazz play the Lakers in the in the um, like in the playoffs. Like, other than that, like, I haven't really been like a major. LA hater, like some people often are, but yeah, like I'm, I'm cool with LA. In fact, yeah, I'm, I've even been kind of a fan of several LA teams. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty proud to say I have zero against the LA sparks. I, I think my beef <laughs> is usually with teams that have like an oversaturation of coverage, right? Which generally applies to your Lakers, your Yankees, whatever team right. LeBron plays for. Like I just get <laughs> tired of hearing about those teams. And I think people's opinions of, of players and teams are inflated by how visible they are. And I want people to actually see things as they are. So sometimes those LA teams get a little, uh, you know, if, if something minor happens to the Dodgers, it's going to be a much bigger story than if something like major is happening with the Oakland A's. It's like same, like you'd think that they would get equal, you know, coverage, but it just doesn't happen that way. But I don't think the Sparks really suffer from that too much because the WNBA is striving for coverage across the league. Absolutely. So I, I haven't witnessed an oversaturation of a women's basketball team aside from the occasional Yukon push uh, that happens every March when, when they're in the tournament. But <laughs> that's a, that's a discussion for another time. And I don't really have an issue with that either um, because they've been the team that's probably brought the most people into college women's basketball. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I guess, and technically we do have Jason on with us listening. Uh, he's currently editing. And so if you are, happen to be on our Twitch stream, you can, uh, he put up as his, as his camera, it's actually, uh, his editing software. So you can sit and watch him, uh, do edits on previous episodes that we've already recorded so that we can get these team previews, uh, out in time. And so that's kind of what we're doing right now. Um, kind of having a chance to, uh, you know, if, if you're watching that, enjoy. So, so Jason, technically we do have kind of an LA, uh, an LA soul with us, I guess you could say. We, we have a moderator <laughs> who can keep us. In yeah. Mind. So he can, uh, if we get, if we, we get, should, if we, we get, get too off, he can stop us. <laughs> no, I'm very excited for this episode. Uh, we've obviously been moving in reverse order of last year's standings. The LA Sparks finished third last year 
And they were in the mix to finish first for most of the season. I yeah. don't know if people remember that. Yeah. But you remember, like, for a while, it, even though it felt like Seattle was just beating the pants off of everyone, the Sparks and the Aces were always within, like, a game of taking that number one seed. Yeah, I want to say it was something like... Uh, um, I want to say it was something like the last, like, I think with like f- five games left or six games left, like they still had a chance to take that number one seed. Like they were right there. And so, um, I, you know, they ended the season on a couple losses, uh, heading into the playoffs and ended up being, uh, I think what three games behind, um, the first and second, uh, first and second place. So, LA really played well last year. I think they had a, re- a really good season. And, uh, I think that, you know, 2021 or, or excuse me, 2020 was good for LA. Um, they, they showed very well during the regular season, obviously, um, didn't make that push and, and have any finals appearance or anything, but, um, they did have a really good, uh, regular season as far as, you know, in the 22 games that were, were played in the wobble. So, yeah, uh, no complaints, really. I don't think you can't complain too much uh, as a Sparks fan uh, last year. There was a lot of questions surrounding, you know, coaching and personnel and whatnot. And all they did was go out and win a whole bunch of games. So L.A. fans have uh, uh, have a lot to celebrate from last season. Yeah, this is an interesting uh, couple of episodes we have in front of us because the last few previews we've done have been good teams that basically kept their cores intact that made good acquisitions in the summer. And this episode and our next episode are going to be very good teams that had a shot at winning a championship last year whose rosters are majorly in flux. Yes. And that's kind of a weird thing. Um, so without further ado, I'll, I'll turn the ignition on uh, the recap here for <laughs> you. This is an LA Sparks team that for uh, four years was under coach Brian Agler who they won They won a WNBA Finals against Minnesota in a five-game series in 2016. They made it back to the Finals the following year and lost to the Lynx. Uh, so kind of a fun rivalry there with Minnesota. That, that still leads into today. Uh, in 2018, they lost in the semifinals in a single elimination game to the Mystics. 2019, the last regular season before the Wubble, they actually won the conference semifinals against Seattle, but then got blanked 0-3 to Connecticut. That was the Sun team that was just <laughs> had the wrath of God behind them yes. in 2019. Yes. Um, and then 2020, they actually lost in the semifinals. They got the the uh, the double bye, or, or yeah, yeah, they they got the first bye, not the double bye, because they were the three seed. Um, so they'd avoided the first uh, round of single elimination, but they played the Connecticut Sun again in the playoffs. And lost again to Connecticut, only this time instead of a three-game series, they lost 1-0. Uh, Candace Parker won Defensive Player of the Year. And those last two years were not under Brian Agler, but under uh, former L.A. Laker Derek Fisher, who's been the head coach there since 2019, and not without his fair amount of criticism, by the way. Um, yes. So fairly you know, fairly good seasons under Fisher. They've, they've gone 22-12, and 12, and then last year 15-7. and seven. But not the playoff success that I think they were hoping for getting escorted out of the postseason by the Sun two years in a row. So, uh, any thoughts on the last year? I mean, we kind of did this before this segment, but last year's Sparks. Just off off the top of your head, what was your impression? Um, solid. Really solid and uh, a little bit better than... Better than I anticipated. I think that we've said for the last several seasons that LA might have the most talent on paper 
of any team and just weren't putting it together. But, um, you know, I think that we could kind of take a look at this and say, yeah, like they, they performed really well. They stepped up and a lot of those, those worries about, you know, how the, how the team was meshing and whatnot were kind of put to bed and they actually had a really solid 2020 season. Um, so coming into 2021, yeah, well, they, they have a lot of changes though. They have a lot of changes, uh, coming into 2021. And so I know that you're going to break those down for everybody. Um, but I don't know if 2020 and 2021 are going to look very similar for the LA Sparks. Yeah. I mean, you said it. We're going to start with key departures because you already know this, uh, if you're listening to this episode, but Candace Parker was the foundation on which this team was built for years and years. She's gone. She's in Chicago. Uh, Chelsea Gray also, I mean, Candace Parker, I think got all the headlines and for good reason, but Chelsea Gray was an all-star from 2017 through 2019. Uh, and then no all-star game in 2020. So that's a, that's another all-star player that is not going to be in a Sparks uniform this year. And then Raquana Williams uh, is also on the departure list. So some key, key departures at the top of, I mean, other teams that finished well last year do not have this amount of talent departing, uh, in my opinion. We we might talk about that in the Seattle and Vegas episodes upcoming. But um, for the most part, the last couple teams we've previewed, like the Mercury and the Lynx, they don't have this sort of talent walking out the door. And I think the reason a lot of people are down on the Sparks this year is because that is some, some serious firepower that they're not going to field this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but they didn't, uh, they didn't stand pat. I mean, they made some acquisitions. They gained the Indiana Fever standout all-star Erica Wheeler uh, in one of the more understated off-season moves of the year. And we, we on this podcast, we love Erica we Wheeler. We love Erica Wheeler. We, we root for her. We want her to do well. She, it's so exciting seeing her. And this is no disrespect to the Fever, but like a little bit of disrespect to the organization. Because it seems like she's enjoying being treated like a star in L.A. And it doesn't feel like she's received that treatment up until this point in her career. If yeah. you get my meat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think that Erica Wheeler was talking about how she feels like she doesn't have to ask for things. And uh, I don't know. That felt that felt pretty scathing toward the Indiana Fever organization. And so if, if LA is willing to step in and say, Hey, we just lost, you know, kind of who was the face of our organization for, you know, more than, you know, over a decade, let's, let's bring in and let's, let's make, let's turn that star treatment and, and give it to these other uh, players that are coming in that we've added. So yeah, I'm super excited for Erica. Yeah. Erica, age 35 years in the league. She's making 180,000 this year. She's the third highest player on the, or paid player on the LA Sparks now. And, uh, and they're treating her to a good time. They also, the Sparks acquired, um, one of your favorite, uh, kind of pieces in the league. I, she's not a superstar by any means, but Amanda Zowie B is in LA now. How do you feel yeah, about that? I like Zowie B. I think Amanda Zowie B, um, is one of those players that is just really enjoyable. I think that she's got such a fun personality and uh I felt like New York just didn't really know what to do with her. <laughs> Amanda Zowie B just seemed a little like she was doing really w- well in New York and they just couldn't really put anything together to support what, what she was doing. So I like the addition. Um, it, it helps 
shore up a back court or excuse me, a front court that obviously is going to be missing Candace Parker. I don't think she can come in and replace Candace Parker. And I don't think anybody's expecting her to, but I think it was a good addition to, I guess, uh, mitigate some of that loss. Yeah. And then, uh, kind of to fill out the bench, they, they made a couple other moves, including a very recent move. Uh, they picked up Nia Coffey and Bria Holmes, who are mm-hmm. each four year veterans in the league for, uh, kind of on the cheap. And then forward Gabby Williams, who kind of directed a lot of the, the news that was happening on WNBA Twitter in the last couple of days, um, reportedly requested, well, requested is putting it lightly. It sounds like she demanded a trade from Chicago in April. Uh, was absent from the team, was prioritizing the French national team for the Olympics, ended up receiving a season-long suspension that was not uh, in any way related to misconduct, but basically just a, a way for Chicago to not have her on the books and use her <laughs> roster spot. Yeah. And then uh, ultimately was, was able to find a trade for her for Stephanie Watts and a couple other things in order to get her off Chicago's books and into an L.A. uniform. But she will not be playing for the Sparks this season. The suspension will still be in place for this year. Right. Um, so a shrewd move to be sure. We we didn't really get our takes on that on air, but we we were on Twitter talking about it quite a bit. Um, a shrewd move by Chicago, but a, a move that makes complete sense and to me isn't all that mysterious. I think it's certainly within Chicago's rights to do what's best for their team. And it sounds like uh, Gabby Williams was only going to be available for about 12 games in the regular season this year. So less than half the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but she is with the sparks. Um, and I know that that seems like a pretty good trade in my opinion for both sides. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that situation, Kyle. Uh, no, you pretty much hit the, you pretty much hit kind of where we're at, you know, on that. I don't really have too much to add to that. Cool. Yeah. That's a, that, that was kind of an unfolding situation the past week, but it's finally settled itself now. People are getting excited for the season to start. and We're finally moving on from it. Uh, and then last, in terms of acquisitions, they drafted one of my favorite draft picks of the year, which is why I'm going to spend a second on it. Hmm. Arella Garantes yes. uh, is their rookie. And, man, I'm I'm so glad. She signed a three-year $190,000 deal. Um, she's going to be there for a couple seasons. I, I hope that... Whatever happens this season, we get to see her on the floor a little bit. Yeah. I'm really excited. I think that she's got some, I think that she's got some real potential. Um, and for a team who is kind of in a transition period, had a lot of moves in the off season to be able to bring her in and, and have her, uh, start contributing hopefully right away. I think really could be, could be, could bode well for both LA and for Garantes. Yeah, Garantes and uh, and Ari McDonald in Atlanta are the two rookies coming into this season. And, and actually, I'll give Dee Dee Richards uh, the same billing, too. They've all come into the league and very, been very vocal about wanting to make an impact right away mm-hmm. and not just, you know, sit back, learn the game, average four points a game for two years, and then really, like, show up in 2023. Like, they're not interested in that at all. They're there to make their name and make their impact felt on the court. And I'm excited for that. Yeah, I would. I would probably also add uh, Kaiser Gondrizic to that. Yeah, I, yeah, I think for I sure think she probably fits in that. But yeah, I, I agree. I think yeah. that's a good. Yeah, you 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 fielded that group pretty well. Yeah, they've branded themselves well and they've made themselves names before ever playing a game. And I I think that plus the return of uh, Sabrina in New York this year means we're gonna have a lot of new players on the court that are like kind of trying to show up their. <laughs> Their senior statesmen yeah. that are that are playing with them, the veterans of this league. So that'll be kind of an interesting storyline to keep tabs on throughout the year. 
that's a lot of acquisitions, which makes sense because they add a lot of key departures. But they have somehow even more key returning players. It feels like so much of this team has turned <laughs> over, but they do have a lot coming back and it's all pretty good. They get Brittany Sykes back on the defensive end of the floor. Big blocker, Brittany Sykes. Okay. Who would have thought that we would be, that we'd be hyping Brittany Sykes, Brittany Sykes, like blocking ability, but she probably had the Not best. Me. She probably had <laughs> the best, the best block of the entire season last year. Just. I, yeah, like her, her defense took a huge step forward, at least, you know, as far as what I was noticing. I don't know if her defense was ever anything that I was noticing on a league wide front, but everybody was talking about it significantly last season. So I'm stoked to see Brittany back. You got to believe LA believes in her defense because mm-hmm. they let a defensive player of the year in Candace Parker walk out the door and take a deal in Chicago. Right. So I, I don't think they believe she could replace Candace Parker, but obviously there's something there to make them feel like they're not just going to be, you know, tissue paper on the defensive right. end. Uh, Simone Augustus, another big returner. I mean, that is a name uh, where if you've, <laughs> if you've followed the league for any amount of time, Simone Augustus is a big time player. Uh, they also get both Neko and uh, Shine Ogumake, the mm-hmm. Ogumake sisters return. Uh, that's obviously going to be fun to watch this year. And then kind of a, a returning player that I didn't know where to, to filter her in because of the weird wobble season. This is a, a player that L.A. picked up in 2020 but did not play. Christy Tolliver. Yeah. ESPN's uh, number 23 best player in the league, according to the, the list that they just released a few days ago. Uh, Christy Tolliver gets kind of returning billing, as well as last year's rookie breakout, Taya Cooper, who I think a lot of people were very impressed by, myself included. Uh, alongside Crystal Dangerfield, I thought Taya Cooper was like in a rookie class that was incredibly hard to make your name known. Those two really uh, did work last year. So. Yeah, I think I think that Cooper adds a lot to LA and like on the basketball court and off. Like we're is uh, we're doing team previews, and so I think that if you're in listening to this episode and wanting to know about this team and why she why you should be a fan. Cooper has a huge following with social media and she just seems to be a a major media darling. She's one that you need to know if you're going to be a fan. She may not put up like insane numbers. I think she had like six or seven points per game last season. Um, you know, uh, only started a couple games, but she's, she's as far as personalities go. She's one that you definitely need to know for the spark squad. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, you've got your your league kind of regulars in Simone Augustus and Neko Gumake and Christy Tolliver. They've all been around nine plus seasons in the league. Mm-hmm. Everybody else pretty young, uh, right? You know, they've got a lot of players right in that range where they've either just broken out or like they're, you know, I would consider Erica Wheeler, you know, she's 30, but I don't think we've seen her prime yet. I don't think we've seen the best years she has to offer just yet. Oh my gosh, Erica Wheeler is uh, 30. That's crazy. <laughs> Amanda, Amanda Zowie B's been in the league six years. She's 27 years old. Man, you know she, she could still. She's she plays center for you know if, if she develops into a defensive monster, they're going to have her for a lot more years. So there's there's just a lot of intrigue in this team, both both in youth and in the middle class and in like kind of the veteran uh, presence. That I think it's pretty well balanced, and I think that's obviously important to them because not every team in the league has that kind of even spread across experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, 
we will throw this directly into where we think this team is going to finish this year. And I know Kyle has some shocking news for <laughs> Sparks fans. So without further ado, let's play a little bit of floor ceiling. Uh, Let's let's start off with the positive. I, where, how high do you think the Sparks team could finish? They just finished third last year in the Wubble. So much has changed. It feels like that doesn't matter at all. What what do you got for me? So I want I want to qualify this by saying I I think that I am in the minority in in how low I have LA, and so I feel like I almost need to buffer a little bit. Um, and, and kind of also account for where Jason and Steve and you are <laughs> with LA. I, I have LA as one of two teams that is dropping significantly in my rankings. Um, with who they lost in Chelsea Gray, Raquana Williams, Candace Parker. They did make some additions with Wheeler, Zowie B. Like they added a few things, but I feel like it was overall a pretty significant drop. Um, and then the big names that they've got, you know, the Agumakes, uh, Chrissy Tolliver, like, I just don't know if they're moving the needle enough for me, um, to, to keep them as high as, as we've seen them over the last, you know, honestly, over the last like 10 years. Um, I've actually got, uh, LA quite a bit lower, but as far as if everything goes really well for LA, I could see them, Probably around like a, a a six is 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 about as high as I think that they're gonna go. I think that the top five teams in the league, um, I, I really don't think L as far as I have them, I don't think LA is gonna touch those five teams. So if everything else goes well, I think that they're gonna be a six seed. Um, but uh yeah, that's that's probably their ceiling in my opinion. Where do you have their ceiling? Uh, my, my floor and ceiling is not that far apart for the Sparks team. Which, okay. In, in my mind, to be fair, mine's, pretty, mine's, yeah, mine's only a couple places as well. But yeah. I, yeah. I, I feel very confident in them finishing six, seven, eight. That's okay. six, seven, eight is where I think yeah. I slot the Sparks in. I think, I think we're, I, we're spot, we're pretty well spot on there. I, I yeah, have their, I, I have their floor at nine. So six, yeah, the six difference is I don't think I don't think the Dream or the Liberty or any of the other teams that are trying to scramble for a, a playoff spot this year that might be on the outside looking in I don't think they're going to catch the Sparks. Mm-hmm. So I have their floor as the last team in. I could I could definitely be persuaded to, to see something happening. I think if um, if New I, York has an especially good season and LA doesn't have a good season. I, that's where yeah, I've that's got, just, I've got New York possibly taking that last spot in the playoffs and bumping LA, which would be really interesting to take. It like, would be, and, and weirder things have happened to take the last place team, bumping the previous year's third place team out of the playoffs would yeah. be really interesting. Yeah. When you look at it in the, in the, you know, through the light of last year's season, it sounds crazy, but so much has changed between both the Liberty and the Sparks that yeah. it's like last year has, has mm-hmm. very little bearing. Uh, but I certainly see them. I, I see them below the top tier of three teams. I see them below Phoenix and Minnesota. So I think six is as high as, as they can get. Um, but I don't know. It, it just seems wrong to call them a, a potential top five team, but it, it really is probably going to be the difference of only about a game or two. Um, so like maybe I could even be persuaded mm. to put them a spot higher, but I feel very confident in usually I make my ceiling and floor a good, like four or five spots because you know, we don't know what's going to happen in this case. I think six, seven, eight is a pretty, 
I would I would bet money on that for the Sparks this year. I think they get into the playoffs, they try to make some noise and you know, they're right there with your Connecticut Suns and your Washington Mystics and other teams that are kind of enduring some roster right. difficulties, players who aren't going to be there the whole season and stuff like that. I think that Christy Tolliver is going to be a huge telling aspect of this. If she comes back, mm-hmm. um, you know, she's, she's played in the league for a long time coming back from having not played last year. Um, you know, like she, she, she puts up numbers. She's, but she's not overly like efficient, you know, percentage wise and, you know, uh, assist to turnover ratios and whatnot. She's not necessarily an efficient player, but she has really good leadership. Um, she's won a title. The last time she was on a WNBA basketball court was celebrating as she won the title with the 2019 mystics. So, I mean, there's something to be said there. Um, I don't know where she's going to be yeah. as she comes into LA and how she's going to fit with this team, but she has been with LA. She had been with LA the vast majority of her career. So it, it's kind of a homecoming for Chrissy Tolliver. She's kind of my biggest X factor for this team moving forward. If, if Tolliver comes in and, and kind of takes over as the leadership of this team, I, I think that they're going to be closer to that six range. Um, if things aren't, clicking well and perhaps some of those concerns that we heard in the past with like, you know, quote unquote, the coaching, which I guess most of that was probably between Candace Parker and Derek Fisher. And that's not that relationships no longer, you know, in, in question. So sure. who knows? Who, uh, yeah. But I, I, I really like where you're at with that. Um, six, seven, eight, and I've got them down as, as far as nine. I, I think that that's a pretty, that's a pretty fair, um, uh, a fair shake at where LA probably is expected to be. The one thing that makes me nervous is I think if this team meshes quickly and Christy Tolliver and Erica Wheeler both complement each other games, they could really put up some yeah. offensive numbers. And nobody on this team has really been like a 20 points per game type player, but I'm looking at their team roster right now and I'm thinking, you know, Erica Wheeler's been an all star. Taya Cooper could be, Simone Augustus could be. NECA and Christy Tolliver could be, that's five players that in my mind are like potentially <laughs> all-star caliber, which is, which is what you need to compete with right. the top tier teams in this league because they have that. They, they have the horses to, to field that many all-stars. That's, that's the Chicago model. But none of them are necessarily a lock for an all-star. But that's agreed. And, and it's almost all yeah. on the offensive end. The defense, I don't know about at all. Yeah. Agumake has got some decent defense. Uh, but in Sykes, we already, we already mentioned. Um, but yeah, I think defensively is a, there's a huge question mark for me, uh, with LA defensively. Yeah. And to be honest, this, this is getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but I think. What's what's crazy is both the Sparks and the Storm kind of lost the anchor of their defense yeah. in the offseason. And it makes it so hard to predict how they're going to play. That's half, that's, that's half the that's game. That's calling card. That's half the, the game. People, people are like, yeah, yeah, well, as long as you're outscored. No, you're on defense half of the time. So if you lose your best defensive players, it's a really significant hit to you. And I think that's probably why I have the Sparks and, and Seattle both dropping pretty significantly in my own rankings. Yeah, like Seattle won, a, like they won their championship game, the deciding game easily. And it's like, A, they put up 96 points or whatever, like close to 100. But B, they, they just didn't even let yeah. Vegas get close. And that was so much a part of their, you know, their bully ball strategy last year was they would just blow out good teams sometimes because 
they would go on a run and there's just no way back into it. And LA had tenacious defense last year and Candace Parker was the anchor for that. And they've got five players this year that could put up all-star caliber seasons. I don't think it's going to happen for each of them, but like right. they'll have that potential. Um, but, but it's not going to be because they're great two-way players. I think it's going to be because they put up yep. a lot of offense, which in my mind indicates beating up on the teams they're supposed to beat and struggling against the teams like Chicago, Vegas, Seattle, you know, maybe even Phoenix and, and Lynxes of the world. So. That's where I have them, but I'm I'm prepared for Jason to throw this episode back <laughs> in our faces if, if if LA gets off to a hot start. Because man, I I I'm not an LA guy. I'm not an LA fan all the time, but I am an Erica Wheeler stan through and through. And if if she comes out and has the best season of her life and takes this LA team to like the four or five seed, for more sure. power to her. You know, I'm I'm hoping for that. This something I like about this show is we hope for everyone's success. We're not <laughs> we're not hoping everyone takes. We're, you know? None of us are cheering for a team to to be bad. Yeah, <laughs> but but in in my my realist outlook for someone who's looking to get into the league and they want to know about the Sparks, that's sort of where I have them finishing this year. Anything above that? Oh, is for sure. Gravy. Now that being said. There are reasons to be a fan of the Sparks team that don't have much to do with their record this year, uh, but maybe things going on in the future or their look or their personalities on the team. Kyle, if, if you're trying to talk someone into being a Sparks fan, which I know <laughs> is out of your comfort zone, uh, what, are, uh, what are your top You know points? what? I, I think that LA is one of the, I mean, they might have the most, like truly the most longevity history for this league. They have always for their, in, this might be the very first year in their entire like organization's history that you could argue they don't have maybe the face of the league on their team. They've had Lisa Leslie. They've had Candace Parker. Like they have always carried this banner, um, from the very beginning. Uh, they are a team with loaded with history. They've got a very good look coming back. They've added the palm tree back to their jerseys. Um, this is a, this is a fun sparks team. And I honestly, for LA, like LA fans, I, I, I mean, you and I are, are friends with, you know, the other two hosts that are LA fans in general. And, you know, back kind of back with the Lakers, when the Lakers kind of, uh, were struggling. It seemed like LA fans almost were having more fun because they didn't take it so seriously. This is that opportunity, LA fans. If you're from the LA, you've got ties to the West Coast, LA Sparks might be your team. And this might be the most fun year to get in on that LA, uh, in on that LA, you know, bandwagon because you're not bandwagoning. They're not expected to go for the championship this year. You hop in, you get to know some of these personalities. And, uh, and watch what LA is going to do over the next couple seasons to, to build back into being a title contender. I think that there's a lot of, uh, a, a lot of fun to be had as a Sparks fan right now. Um, great look. Uh, and if you want to, if you want to ask personally, you can ask our host, Steve, um, just how nice, uh, the jersey is that he just purchased, uh, of the Sparks. So. Uh, great opportunity for Sparks fans to get in and, and to get to know this team without too much pressure of, oh, we got to win a title this year. No, just come and enjoy the team. 
Yeah, just to add to that, you you mentioned this being the right time to get in on the ground floor of something. This is a team that has basically nobody under contract past yeah. 2023. So you've got your team as presently constituted with Wheelers, Aoi B, the Ogumakes, Bernie Sykes, Simone Augustus, all the players we've talked about on today's episode. 2023-24, you're going to have Arella Garantes and basically all the hot young talent in the league that LA can attract and pay. And they're going to have the money, like cap space-wise, and they're going to have the destination because LA always plays the destination card. And you just never know. I mean, we talked about a lot of players who departed LA today. And I think the reason the Sparks were willing to let that happen was they're looking yeah. with an eye to the future and thinking, every, you know, everyone right now who emerges in the next two seasons and is going to command big money LA's ready to grab their them. teams, the Sparks, the Sparks are ready to pounce on, Absolutely. on each of those players. Um, you, you know, I, I've been dreading it for years, but Steve's been saying it and I've always kind of believed it. I, at some point, Seattle's going to have to start paying all of their <laughs> players, um, because they just drafted really well for a lot of years. Jewel Lloyd could be a spark in, two I, years. I, yeah, you know, something could like, easily see that happening. <laughs> like something like that yeah. could happen so fast. Um, and, and, you know, so, so many players that we love in this league could find their way to the sparks because they're going to have money to throw around pretty soon. So, uh, that's, you know, it doesn't necessarily help you for this year, but it helps you not feel like a bandwagoner. And also they've got a great look. Uh, and on, in all honesty, they could easily outperform. I mean, we're doing paper right. math right here. Like we're doing, Oh, you subtract the defense of Candace Parker and you add this 10 points a game for America Wheeler. That math never is right. It's true. We're, we're, we're ge- very generalizing where, you know, if it like, Las Vegas would with odds, right? Like, okay, where roughly should we see this team? Um, there's, we know that one, at least a couple of these teams, stuff's going to happen, right? There's going to be some major injury to a team or there's going to be a breakout player from another team that's going to come through and it's going to change at the entire landscape of this entire season. And so, you know, we can't predict all of that, but just on paper, this is kind of where we see them. At. Yeah. Last year, there was no sure thing than Sabrina and Kennedy Carter finishing one, two in the rookie of the year race. And instead, Crystal Dangerfield and Taya Cooper were the, the most <laughs> right. impressive standouts. Yeah. So it's, it's, you just never know. So that's the Sparks. That's LA. Those are the names you need to know. The, the, you know, Coach Fisher's your coach, unless they have a really crappy season <laughs> maybe this year, not. and then maybe he gets fired. Maybe <laughs> yeah. that's something you're happy about. Um, I know there's a lot of fans out there that are Sparks fans that aren't necessarily on board with that hire. Um, but that's, I mean, that's it in in terms of the show. That's our team preview. Obviously, we've got our show plugs here at the end. Please join us on Twitch for the live streaming of our episodes while we record. It's fun to have people in the conversation there. You can also find us on Twitter to join kind of an ongoing conversation about the women's basketball season that's coming up very shortly. Uh, we are at WNBA nation pod. We also have our individual Twitters attached to that account. And it's pretty easy to find us all uh, except Jason, who for some reason never uses Twitter, probably because he's busy, busy editing like eight hours of team previews, <laughs> editing all of our episodes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so shout out, always uh, give a shout out to Jason when you get a chance for all the work that he does producing this show on his end. The reason he's not on this episode for his LA Sparks is because he is currently on Twitch um, editing the audio for our Chicago Sky episode. So we really appreciate all the work that he puts in. He also uh, helped set up 
our store envy page where you can go get merch. Uh, it was awesome. We just had Rosenberg tag us in a picture on Twitter with her sticker on her MacBook and um, other merch that she was able to get from there. So that was pretty cool. Um, just anything to, to spread the word of our show at this critical time of the season where more and more people are discovering the league and wanting to further women's basketball coverage. Uh, J- uh, sorry, not Jason. Jason's still working. Kyle, um, is there anything you wanted to add about the Sparks or anything about the show before we close up shop for the night? No, I think you've nailed it all, dude. Well done. Perfect. Well, thanks for jumping on with me for this one. It's always fun to have kind of differing uh, opinions or or uh, opinions that kind of zig when others zag. And I think the potential for the Sparks to fall out of the playoffs and and for, I think you said, the, the liberty to, to slip in, that's definitely one we're going to revisit on our preseason prediction show here in a couple of days. Uh, I don't know if that's our most likely scenario that the Sparks are missing the, the playoffs, but I do see that as their floor. And, you know, I, I do think it's very likely we see them in that 6, 7, 8 range. All right, that's it for us. Thanks for joining us on Twitch. If you're here with our, our Twitch stream for the last couple of episodes, it's been very fun. Thank you for your contributions to the conversation. Uh, that's it. We can wrap. We can hit the the outro and, uh, and I'll close it up uh, for WNBA Nation. I am Logan Jones. I'm Kyle Haywood. And we got you next time. <laughs>